Welcome to Mummy and Daddy, the podcast where we discuss horror movies featuring children. Because parenting can be scary. And kids are definitely creepy. (gasps) Spirit Halloween is here. (gasps) Spirit Halloween is here. <laughs> That's me costume. Mercy. Ah, uh, uh, I love thee marvelous well, Josh. Oh, and I thee, and I thee. Uh, and I love our listeners, marvelous well. Welcome to our final Spooktoberfest movie. <laughs> yes, spine, spinal Spooktoberfest movie. Oh. We're here. Who knew? Oh, well, started from the bottom. Now we here. Yeah, it's a little bit better in past Spooktober's. We've had more than two episodes, but that's okay. It's yeah. okay. Hopefully, you're getting your fix of scary movies, scary podcasts, scares, spooks, and thrills in real life and abroad. I would love to hear what everyone's been getting spooked by. Mm. If anybody has revisited a classic and found it lovely or uh found something new and found winsome Mm, i wonder if anybody watched the witch for the first time in in preparation for this very podcast i hope that you did i hope someone out there this was a that got to see this with fresh eyes Mm. like a like a chicken fetus falling out of an egg Oh, that's the freshest. Nothing like, fresher. <laughs> Did do you remember the first time you watched this movie? Yes, we saw it together in the theaters. Uh, yes, we did. Did we? Yeah, pretty sure. 2015. I, I okay, okay, so I'm remembering watching it, but maybe it was for this second time then i'm remembering watching watching it with my sisters when like here at the house when they came to visit or when um aunt monica came to visit after Wu had been born interesting so so no i guess i to answer your question no i don't remember when i was i could have sworn i saw this in theaters now i'm wondering if it um, it wouldn't have been a film festival movie. I wouldn't have been in any film festivals in that year. Yeah, it's really funny. I don't think I saw this in the theater. That's shocking. Yeah, I think I saw it for the first time with them because I, I, I think I, I somehow missed it in the theater. And then back then, back in 2015, oh. well, you see, movies didn't come out right away on, on video on demand. So... It took a while. Anyway, it took, it was like, yeah, it was after Wu had been born. It was that like Memorial Day weekend. Anyway. Wow. Oh. Well, I I remember um, enjoying this movie uh, then. Yes. And again, for this, it's always fun to rewatch a film. Yeah, especially a great one. This was uh, not want to spoil our ratings, but I know you gave me a such joy. a you gave me a spooked 
spectacular look just then of me revealing my rating. So I, I clammed up. Oh, no, no, no. I'd say reveal. Um, it's just so good. It's like, yeah, it's really cool. It's very unique. It does a lot of things that I think we are very much uh, yeah. excited by. Yeah. <laughs> but back to Spooktober. How how you feeling? You excited? I'm getting excited. Yes. Yes. I, I went It is upon us. It is. Well, and I I think I first had eyes on um the bachelor party that I went to this weekend. That was a very um that was high on my priorities list for mm. the month of October mm. was to uh, make it there. Oh, with the the co host of the Killstreak podcast, Friends of the Show. Ah uh, yes. Mike Price getting married. And so that was a very fun, uh, very fun weekend, very pleasant in the woods. And then to come back and watch a, a movie about a far more rustic cabin yes. was, uh, was just great. But yeah. So now I'm really looking forward to it. All my costume pieces have arrived and mm. um, I feel, I feel, I'm glad the weather forecast is upon us and it will be a cool uh, yes. fall evening here in Los Angeles. Yes. Weirdly, there was... There was rain. It's been chilly. Now it's going to heat up again to almost 90, but then it's going to cool off on the weekend. Oh, yeah. For trick-or-treating back in action. Very excited. I'm excited for that. We get to go in person at our at Booze Pre-K to see mm. their little uh, Halloween parade, dress-up day parade. Yes. The school does so many amazing um live performances usually obviously not in these times so this is our first the first time we're gonna set foot in the school if it is inside i assume it is yeah that's a funny yeah. thing and i mean other and because then we did woo's graduation thing there. oh that you're was right inside. Oh, that but was this was the... this is a whole school-wide thing this is definitely the first of its first of its kind yes in two years which is just uh I'm, I am excited. I'm excited for that. Excited for hosting a little Halloween party for kiddos and going trick-or-treating and going to see friends from out of town. It's going to be great. I'm yes. really looking forward to it. Ah, love it. I just love Halloween. Love it so much. I I really feel like I went kind of crazy this year with like, well, no, not comparatively. I know some people get really cuckoo, but I got, you know, I just got the kids a lot of Halloween shirts and stuff you know it was just we don't have a lot of crazy decorations but i would like to be i would like to be the family that like yeah i i noticed it driving up in big bear where the spatzler party was noticing a lot of houses i think that you might normally see decked out for christmas time if you're up there in the winter yeah decked out for halloween with the exact same kind of stuff but just in halloween format and it almost made me back off a bit of like mm. Uh, of what I want out of Halloween decorations. You know, like, I don't know if I'm as here for, like, the inflatables and stuff as mm -hmm. I am for, like, um, a friend of their, a friend of our children's who we went over their house and they had just gone hog wild with the, like, uh, tombstones and, like, zombie parts popping out of the ground mm -hmm. thing and let the kid do all of the decorating. So that it was, like, truly chaotic. And I thought that was pretty fun. I think ah. some stuff like so – things like that or that are more um, – yeah, a little more haunted housey are the things I would want as opposed to, like, um, you know, a green and black 
candy cane, basically, in front of the house. Interview with a vampire. Okay. Mm. I don't really need to find the thing, but here it is. Interview with a vampire. <laughs> one of our best cues. It's one of our best drops. <laughs> um, I like... I like the idea of uh, interview with a vampire being like, like the, the grenade you throw, just interview with a vampire. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that. Yes, like it's a pop shocker. quiz. Yeah, <laughs> um, you have to be ready at all times. You got to stay on your toes, stay frosty. Well, this one's gonna put you on the spot. So, uh, do you have desires? Do you have the inclination, the hopes and dreams and schemes? to be the person, the house on the block with a haunted house. Uh, not haunted, you know what I mean? Like a maze or like some, an interactive. Mm. Would you go the lengths if you had the time, money, and energy? All things we, <laughs> all, if I had the time, money, and energy. <laughs> which I know we have none of. <laughs> uh, I oh, Do I want to be... Yeah, and I, I, I think I think so. I think I would want at the very least like um yeah, sort of an experiential walkway to trick or treating, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know? Um I yeah, I'm into that. Like I, there are houses that will do like there's there's music and there might be things that pop up or like motion activated mm-hmm. situations. I'm into that. Absolutely. Or like there's that one house in our neighborhood that turns their weird little like garden. They kind of have a little like front gazebo or something mm-hmm. on like one of those like co- kind of co- otherwise I think concrete lawns in, you know, in LA. It's a big thing. Um, and they be- turn it's it beautiful in, here and they turn it into like a little kind of spiral haunted maze. Like it's very easy to get in and out of, but mm-hmm. it is like you have to go. It's more like you're just almost looking at their display mm-hmm. in a circle. And then you get candy from like a zombie grandpa in the middle and then you leave. Oh. And anyway, um, I think that's zombie pretty cool. Grandpa, yeah. But yeah. do you think that's in your future? I could see that as a thing when our kids are old enough to go trick-or-treating on their own. Oh, get them out of the house. Well, because that when else are we going to stay home and do yeah, handing true. out candy with okay. a full experience? Okay. Liability and such, you know? All right. I'll put it in the calendar for 2030. What would you do? Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's in me. Yeah. But I, I like, I like it when people do that. I think it's a kind of it. It's kind of like owning a dog. I want everybody else to have dogs. I think it's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. I just don't want to trim poop out of someone's fur. You know, it's like not really. It do- I don't think you have to do that with all dogs. I think you've really, you've really. That's just the that... thing that I I've realized as an adult is one of these potential it's, it's responsibilities. Something you, you have to, you might have to do. Uh-huh. But I feel like I don't want that to be your, you know the thing that holds us back from getting a dog. No, I mean, look, if that is in the cards, in the cards, I think that with (laughs) the haunted house thing, if I do start thinking about the practicalities of like renting a space to keep the Halloween decorations that are definitely gone the same weekend, like you can't leave, that shit can't linger like Christmas can. No, no, no. You know? No, Uh, you're spending 
Dia de los Muertes. Uh, definitely oh, yeah. taking down all that crap. And you're taking like two days off of work just to like set the shit up. Oh, we're, I mean, at this point, we're going to be retired, right? When oh, that's we right. 2030. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our industries won't exist. So yeah. we'll be full time working in the meal farms of uh, mm-hmm. the outer limits, you know. I feel like if you went into an actual haunted house that really scared you, mm-hmm. one of the rooms in it would be cutting poop out of a dog. A, a dog's I fur. have no problem with that. It just <laughs> seems like such a hassle in a way that like, because I imagine, I bet if you ask any dog owner who's had to do that, that they've had to do it only after they've seen poop smeared like all over their rugs and couches and shit and been like where is this poop coming from oh right it's attached to the dog's butt it's still just hanging out okay wow well likewise where are you gonna put all this (laughs) halloween stuff the rest of the year how much space you have time money and energy to do it so yeah, it then count matter. me in, sure. But what I'm saying is, like, wouldn't I maybe rather our neighbors do it and do we just get pumped up about it and we just like play the Halloween soundtrack? You know? Yeah. Okay. The answer is no. Okay. So n- moving. We're not on. even handing out candy this year. We can't. We have to go trick or treating. It's true. That's what I'm saying. This so is like, a dilemma. We are far. This we're is far a, from it. This is a parental dilemma, I think, of the group costume because let's face it. Also. We're missing trick or treating from the last two, two years. Years? I, don't know. I have no Year, idea. I think just one. Just I think just one. one. Did we just miss one? <laughs> it doesn't well, seem right now, does it? I don't know. It was. It was just one. Twenty twenty. Okay. Well, COVID nineteen only got its name in November of twenty nineteen. Yeah, we only went once before then for real because our kids were not really old enough. That's right. So oh, we're just Batman we've been jonesing for it and we have a group costume so we uh, we kind of all need to go together and then it's done so like and i want to see them trick-or-treat at you you want to see your kids trick-or-treat and there's no grandparents here to like come over and hand out candy when you're not there so that's true that's just the way of things speaking of group costumes though mm. we want to talk about uh, the question of the weekend. <laughs> the question of the weekend. <laughs> of last weekend um, that we put out to our listeners, our lovely listeners, you, in, in short. What is your ideal dream, again, with the time, money, and energy, mm-hmm. um, costume, either singles, couple, family, or group? Um, and money is no object, and you could have a professional like Stan Winston or or the like to uh, design and produce this costume. Um, before we get into listener responses and our own, I want to point out something that I don't think we talked about last uh, episode, which is that in college, Deddy was part of a really excellent group costume. Which was the uh, Royal Tenenbaums. No, it's one of two, yes. Oh, well, that's the one that I always think about because as we've previously mentioned, Josh and I were friends in college, but not close friends. I still admired this costume from afar. There were a lot of cool people involved, a lot of really great costumes. They were kind of the cool upperclassmen, and I, I really thought it was neat. Well, thank you. It was very fun to do. Do you want to tell, to tell people... 
who you were in the sure. ensemble? I was Eli Cash. That was fun. I tried to make Owen Wilson's broken nose on my nose with like facial putty. It worked okay, <laughs> but I am no Stan Winston. Uh, did you get did you get pictures of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Pictures somewhere for sure. Wow, I don't, I don't remember. That, that's the weird thing about going to college when we did is that I don't remember. I remember the live, you know, costume. I don't remember pictures of it. Whereas yes. now, when we, yeah, we would, we would, we would just have pictures of thi- of everything. It's true. Yeah, we would have a billion. I mean, we even talk about our our. Um, spring breakers costume how even just a few years later we would have had 200 pictures of of that yeah and we have but two i think yeah i think we have two good ones really yeah which is super sad but yeah um yeah that was a really great one but the my and it was a fun like thing to thrift you know it was a very like thriftable put togetherable group costume and but my favorite one actually was my freshman year so you wouldn't have known me then uh, we had none of the money. I got a group of people together to, it was also like a drizzly Halloween in Boston. So chilly, drizzly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I got people to dress up as, um, Christmas carolers. So we oh, put on right. warm coats and stuff like that. I got like a top hat from a costume shop, you know, and we walked around Beacon Hill, just knocking on doors and singing Christmas carols yeah. and which was really fun because we also got invited up into somebody's like weird house party that was just like I say house party in this like brownstone that was just like this like ultra rich couple and like their hot daughter dressed as like a sexy cat and like the family lawyer it was like literally that's all those are the only people that were there and they offered that they would pay us to come back and sing and carol at their christmas party that oh they would God. pay us and so I, I i left the lady my number my dorm room phone number because i didn't have a cell phone and um <laughs> she called me but because of the school schedule i was already home like everyone had already left the week before oh she didn't God. like but she did actually call and we were going to get some paid caroling gig <laughs> me and three randos from my freshman floor that did uh, it anyway oh wow Fun costume, especially, I mean, maybe especially if you're in warm weather, but you know, it's a great, really cold weather costume. So yeah. if you're having one of those like 39 degree Halloweens, like bundle up, go sing. It's a fun trick and treat. Uh, yep. Good trick. I love it. I love it so much. Did you know that I was, uh, before we started doing couples costumes, do you know what my very first couples costume was? Uh, uh, it was it's a friend. I shouldn't say couples. A friend group. was that you and Ashley being mourners for America? Yeah, <laughs> we were, like, we, were uh, we were sad Republicans. Um, okay, yeah, or like Republicans in mourning. Yeah, right. Um, and it was what just, was the occasion? I don't even know what was going on politically at the time. <laughs> like no idea, no idea. Anyway, that was a silly one, but it was really fun. But so what what is what is your answer to the question of of the weekend? Do you have a now that you've had a time to think on mm-hmm. it? Do you have a dream scenario or something that you even just thought of within this this time? Sure. I think while it would be really fun to get dressed up as the predator and have 
like our kids dressed as like the Arnold Schwarzenegger like group of ragtag commandos who are trying to oh, hunt wow. the predator. Wow. Um, <laughs> it would <laughs> it would be really I mean that would be awesome to have a professional make that costume and get you dressed up and everything else. Um the one that I kept thinking about with our kids was the Beastie Boys Intergalactic video because yes, Wu especially yeah. is obsessed with that song and the video and the video. Um, but if you don't know, it's basically a Godzilla kind of kaiju concept where the Beastie Boys are controlling a robot that's fighting like a gigantic mutant squid monster, and so. Mm-hmm parents as and i think carol you had said this at one point a long time ago and just stuck out to me as like a fun thing but Mm -hmm. that yeah like if then we were the robot and squid monster and then they were bc boys yes maybe with one extra friend yes it it really would you'd have to have a third to really sell it yeah yeah that was something we were trying to figure out before we moved on to our actual group costume this year that's right yeah Yeah. very comfortable for the kids because it's like jumpsuits and hard hats and stuff but stylized yeah that is a very very good uh family costume well thank you thank you for sharing do you have anything um you know what i do except it's not a family costume it's a couple's costume that i've wanted to do for many years and i've actually tried to convince you to do but I think I don't know why we didn't. I don't think you were opposed. I think it was just, you know, the it, it's it's a very it has to be very like um, fluid and and like mm-hmm. and when it comes to you can't you can't plan your Halloween costume too far in advance. I think. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, this one just hasn't happened yet. Um, so I've always wanted to be. Princess Leia and Han Solo, but not how you may think. I want to be them in their Hoth costumes from Empire Strikes Back. So I want to be the snow suit Leia. I do remember you saying this. Yes. Snow suit Leia. You could even wear some sort of blow up Tauntaun situation. Oh, that must exist at this point, right? Oh, yeah. Everything exists now. That's true. They there's an inflatable Han and Carbonite costume. Yes, that I saw. I saw that's that. pretty incredible. I would like to see that in action. The kids, ha- the kids have such little knowledge of of Star Wars, but they saw that somewhere. Maybe... I think I showed it to them. Oh, okay. Yeah. They were they were they. Oh no, it's in their activity book, the Star Wars activity sticker yes, book. Yep. They've been they they get very fixated on the whole idea of Carbonite. It's a great idea. Um, yeah. But Hoth. Han and Leia. Yes, yes. That is a great idea. Also Again, comfy. Comfy, cold weather. Yeah. If you plan a cold weather Halloween, I would do that. I, okay, here we go. Um, That'd be great. <laughs> and our kids could be anything. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, they could really be, they could be the the, the snow um, monster. Mm-hmm. They could be... Um, chewy. Chewy. They could be just like a... A screen with lasers, mm-hmm. uh, maps on them. Um. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, you know what? Falcon. They could be. They could be an ATAT. That's true. Come at me, ATAT. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, people. Um, that would be great. I'm here for it. We did actually get a voice 
memo sent to us with an answer of the question of the weekend. And just a reminder to listeners, if you, we don't have the voicemail anymore, you may have noticed, maybe you didn't. If you want to send us your voice to be played on air, you just gotta email us a voice memo to mummyxdeady at gmail.com. That's all you gotta do. It's easy on your phone. It's like nothing. And if the capabilities are there to send a voice memo through other social media platforms, you can do that too. We'll play them from there too. Yeah, we'll find them. You don't need to get, yeah. Yeah. Just. We have access. Hello, this is Aunt Monica, one and only guest of the pod, and I have an answer for the question of the week. I would like to redo the very first couple costume that Uncle Dieter and I did all the way back in 1999 when we were just dating. Yes. In 1999, I was Snow White and my boyfriend, Uncle Dieter, came not as Prince Charming. No, he came as the evil mirror in Snow White. The mirror, complete with candles and a picture frame. And he painted his face gold. So I would love a redo of that costume with as many cool magic mirror special effects as possible. And thank you, Uncle Dieter, for all the group costumes, no matter what they are. You'll always be my Prince Charming. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's adorable. Did you did you know about that couple's costume? I did. Yes, she sent me a photo, and they are just like tiny, tiny babies. But um, like, did you know? So at not the like time, famously. No, no, no. No, I didn't know at the time. And it's weird too because I have such a bad memory that I, I don't know if Aunt Monica remembers this, but I actually around that time, I think it was actually in two. 2000. Yeah, in the year 2000, I actually was Snow White. Um, what? I was Snow I dressed up as Snow White because every year our marching band did a Halloween parade and I happened to be the only girl in the trumpet section and there were seven boys. And so I was Snow That's, White and the Seven okay. Dwarfs. So I guess I was I did I did have group costumes before that. Wow. Um, before Morning Republicans. I forgot about that. Yeah. No, wait, it what it was more like it would might have been 90, 98 or ninety nine, actually. It was my like freshman or sophomore year of Oh yeah. Of high so it would have been earlier. That's yeah. crazy. But it's not th- I don't believe so you did it first. <laughs> I did it first. No, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's the same. Like I was looking at the picture she sent. I'm, I don't think she borrowed my Snow White costume, but maybe she did. This is how bad my memory is. I just don't know. I'm sorry. Well, I, I feel like sometimes my bad memory makes people think like that I don't care, and that's not it. It's I would true. hope not. But I, I think I mean, that's so many why people I, have bad memories. Most people don't have good memories. It'd be weird mm-hmm. if someone was holding your specific bad memory against you. In such a personal way. No, if I anybody think is, what... they're having a real hard time with life because <laughs> they must think everybody is just a huge asshole who doesn't care about them. I know, but I feel like that's why I feel I feel guilt I feel guilt and shame around my bad memory because it's like those I think were, you have those a were, fine memory. Those were good times. I just sure. don't remember. 
like or bad times i don't know block stuff out whatever um well aunt monica can let me know if that was actually my snow white costume but i don't think it was yeah seems a strange thing to leave out of the voice memo or any of our other (laughs) recantings of this uh or whatever retellings of this particular event (sighs) ah so yes i didn't know i didn't know really okay yeah but now I feel like it's time to get to the movie. I believe it's time to get to the movie. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. So um, you're in luck because two of our most favorite mm. writers. Stephen King and Richard Matheson. Uh, no? Uh, Robert Eggers and <laughs> Robert Eggers. Um, no. Although surely he would have done a great job writing a plot the summary of his own movie um no two of our favorite um summarizers synopsisizers um are the only two available um the other ones are not available right now yeah yeah. too many too many viewers pages (laughs) broke yeah no they're the the only ones on the on the page um that were written by people who write into the internet movie database who knows um but i i have to read both of them because they're i feel like now there's a maybe a competition going on here Mm -hmm. some sort of like why did they why did these two people write so many reviews of horror movies i don't know i would genuinely love to know i I wish we could contact them i feel like well, a lot of them have their, their email e- their Earthlink <laughs> email addresses on them. That's true. Oh my god. Okay, so Claudio Carvalho, and can you can you guess the other one? Regina. It is. It's Nick. Regina's. Oh my god. It is. <laughs> okay. I'll I'll read Claudio's first. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. In the 17th century, in New England, the farmer William and his family are banished from the Puritan plantation controlled by the church, right, due to differences in religious, uh, over religion principles, sure. William leaves the spot with his wife, Catherine, his teenage daughter, Thomason, his son, Caleb, and the twins, Mercy and Jonas, and settles at the edge of a forest. They build a small house and a barn, and meanwhile, Catherine delivers the baby Samuel. One day, Thomason is playing with Samuel near the forest and the baby mysteriously vanishes. The family unsuccessfully seeks Sam out and Catherine becomes uh, insane, praying all the time and mistreating and blaming her daughter for everything wrong in their lives. However, William goes to the forest to hunt since the crop has failed. That sentence is just atrocious, Claudio. I can't. All right. Early in the morning, Caleb, Thomason, and their dog and the family horse go to hunt in the woods. However, Thomason falls from the horse and faints, and Caleb becomes lost in the woods. William finds Thomason and Catherine. Still going. William finds Thomason and Catherine. Oh, William finds Thomason, and Catherine confronts her about Caleb's fate. Is this the beginning of the tragic end of their family? (laughs) this this is like the end of act two is where he brought us to okay i like it (laughs) they were like no i like the idea of fainting being separate from falling off the horse you know yeah yeah didn't (laughs) falls get knocked out (laughs) 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 okay so nick reginus 
Um, and and I like the idea of Catherine going insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that was not great, but he hit some points, some plot points. Okay, so what do you think about this? Banished from the bosom of their righteous pilgr- pilgrim community. I love it. The troubled patriarch, William, and his Puritan family set out a humble farmhouse on the outskirts of a thick and dark forest in mid-17th century New England. Oh, that was a doozy of a sentence. Okay. As the struggling family tries to settle in their new isolated homestead, before long, disaster will strike when their infant child vanishes into thin air, and shortly after, other unforeseen and grievous calamities smite the God-fearing farmers. However, another however, however, this is, uh, is this grave situation the result of a family on the brink of psychological breakdown? Or is William's firstborn daughter, Thomason, the root of all evil? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Questions. Like, they both end on a question. It feels weirdly competitive. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Are they? Do they have a little, like, um, Edison and Tesla yeah. kind of <laughs> rival- rivalry going on in horror plot uh. synopses? The Regina's rivalry. <laughs> great alliteration. Great callback to the Regina's plot summary. The barren bosom and the... Banished from the bosom. And the patriarch plot something. Mm. He did another one there. Yes. Very good, Nick. Yeah. Very good. Well he, done. No, he was trying way too hard. Yeah, a lot of 50 least, cent words. You really... No, I, what if yeah. he just ran... Claudio's thing through a thesaurus. <laughs> That's the only actual difference. Yeah. Okay. Grievous so, calamities. Yeah. Oh gosh, he was he was trying way too hard. Claudio at least doesn't give a shit about punctuation, run on sentences. If the plot really even makes sense, like he's just no. cranking them out. Like, cause at this point, I feel like we've read like fifty by him. Not true, true, but we close to it. Only had thirty nine episodes, but okay. It feels like we've read yeah. fifty. <laughs> so, anyway, there you have it. That's the witch. Um, that is what happens. Good night. In the in the bulk of the movie, um, I love how they both they both like had to touch on the baby vanishing because it is like in the trailer. In the trailer. Yes. But it is also still one of the spookiest parts of the movie. Oh, completely. And then, okay, obviously, spoiler alert, but like the the baby vanishes and then you literally see like a witch, uh, well, destroying it. Yeah. And using it for some sort of horrible ritual. Yeah. So that she can take flight, I think. Oh, to take flight. That's how. That's what I took from it. Oh, because she she was on her broomstick. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, and who knows what else? Clearly they're out for this family. And Mm -hmm. I would, yeah, I I wish I had done some reading about this movie. Because I do have so many questions. I mean, I think it's really wonderful, and I, but I want to. Well, I would like to. Yeah. I, you wish that you had read some of the folk tales that it was based on. Yeah, or or some scholarly writings about this film. Mm-hmm. But that's, that could just tell me about yeah. them, and so that I could 
have more insights on it now to share with our listeners. Well, yes, it's always nice when we do that part, but luckily that's not what our podcast is about. That's right. Let's <laughs> skip right over those. You can do your own reading, God damn it. But yeah, we want to talk about the parenting and, and lack thereof in this movie. There is a lot of parenting in this movie. There is um, um, lack of good parenting, I should say. When we were watching it, I did kind of pencil in playing is this a good dad or bad dad because i do think Mm -hmm. it's up for debate at first i think he does some good stuff i think william is trying to do you think he starts out as a good dad and then ends as a bad dad yeah that's right okay i think he starts out as a bad dad shows then you just see how fucking hard their life is yes and you feel sorry for him which the what the world needs now right is just more sympathy for men no oh i yeah no i didn't and even... then you turn on him again because then he how he treats thomasine right I, yeah i guess i like how he while i'm watching it i felt like i it i liked how he seemed to be sort of confiding in his kids but i also realized in a modern sense that was just like putting a wall between him and his wife, you know, or like mm-hmm. setting, making sides between the two of them and inadvertently. Mm-hmm. I liked his, his answer when actually when, uh, when Caleb asked him about if Samuel's in heaven or not. Mm-hmm. And he, he kind of has like an only God knows sort of, uh, <laughs> sort of response mm-hmm. to it, which is also, I mean, like given the extreme nature of their, of their faith seems like a pretty like rational response. I don't know. There's just some of the stuff that felt like he did try to like understand what Thomason, he was trying to listen to Thomason. Yeah. There are times in the movie where both parents surprise me and it's like yeah. not predictable. Like that is you, it. you think you're, you know, you're watching this religious movie and you think like, and, and all these terrible things are happening and the parents do show such love and empathy. Like when, when Caleb with his bright idea goes to, you know, check the traps and then loses the dog and the pelts and the horse and everything and himself as well. Yeah. Um, like just so, so tragic. And it's not met with like just sheer blind anger. Like it's, there's, there was so much like love in that scene mm-hmm. with the mom. Like, I don't know. Like yeah, even that- Catherine, that there's that really tragic scene where she kisses Thomason on the forehead as mm-hmm. like a, as, um, making amends kind mm-hmm. of and that almost i was like choking up watching that it felt like she was like thomason's just so hungry for that and mm-hmm. that like the movie kind of gave her that without strings attached i really thought yeah to your point is it was just that was surprising i think is a really good mm-hmm. way to look at it yeah it's like they there weren't they weren't evil but um they eventually succumb to the the grievous calamities. Oh, um, so many grievous calamities. <laughs> the but yeah, like William from the from the from the jump, he damns the whole family by leaving the plantation, and then he later admits that it wasn't about his his religious differences. It was just pride, you know. Like part of it, he just is like, 
He wanted to do it himself. He want he just he he didn't want to admit that you know it was more about like sticking to his to his standard of like religion instead of actual belief. He just didn't mm, want to relent. More dogmatic. Kind yeah, of, yeah. He he admits that at one point huh. to Catherine and uh, or is like I don't I, he he's like babbling about it at one point but like so anyway but just just getting banished it's all his fault and then i felt like he was very weird and stern at first and then he got does kind of soften up mm-hmm. but um but then yeah he kind of goes crazy too but they're all, think they about all how hungry and hangry they must be. Oh, yeah. You must just be just tired and really confused. You and have like cold. bees buzzing in your head all the time. Yes, you know, that like. Yes. Um, and then he's like, oh, I know. We'll fast. I, well, you know what I thought that was? I thought that that was actually a um, using sort of religious religion as an excuse for not having enough to eat oh. as a way of getting the kids to save another meal right if oh, you God. just that's, awful. that's that's how i read that scene oh it's very sad yeah it really is and speaking of having it tough as you said everything about their life seems difficult and horrible yes. um uh and keep in mind that it is completely romanticized Right. For the film. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like they have even, their teeth and everything. Yeah, oh yeah, they have their teeth, their clothes are clean. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand that like cleaning the clothes would be part of it. You know, they they like show them washing the clothes by the river. I'm just saying that like they're almost pristine. Clothes. Right. Like, you know, and they look very warm. And I just don't feel like that would be the case. I, I and like all of it clean skin Mm-hmm. Anything like that. Just... Oh, yeah. Be covered in shit. You'd have yeah. acne and be. Ugh. You'd have all kinds of ailments. Right. It would just be worse than this movie. Like a hundred times worse than what yeah. you're seeing. And you can't smell any of it. So I want to talk about chores, but I wanted to know what your least desirable chore you saw in the movie The Witch would be. I can give you some options if you. Yeah, I wrote. I wrote a few. Just I was just making a chores list. Okay, when for the we kids. Were, yeah, when we were. T- <laughs> yeah, for mm-hmm. our kids. Um. When we start our witch experiment. Right. Uh, right. Um. Uh. I. I. Don't. I don't love the idea. And this is something we've never talked about. Um. I have no interest in like ever owning chickens. Oh yeah, yeah, or, I like, don't either. Anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the goats, obviously. Yeah. Like no, no desire to like deal with animals. They they kind of freak me out, honestly. And we were yeah. we went to a petting zoo at one of the pumpkin patches. You know, I feel like most pumpkin patches everywhere have have petting zoos as a way to like generate um, some income. I don't know why. Yeah, it's I wonder if they like are, a... if the pumpkins are coming from a farm, but I don't think that's really happening anymore. Right, I think coming off a flatbed truck, but it's just it probably like comes pe- from a place of like, yeah, they... we're getting the pumpkins. You've got animals. Why don't you bring some of your animals too? You can make a little extra money. 
Yeah. Like, I bet if you're going to an actual farm, like, it all makes sense. But when you're in, like, the parking lot of a mall right. in the valley, why are these goats here? Yeah. And Woo and Boo could not handle the smell, like the true little Polish children they are. <laughs> um, could, like, were holding their nose and <laughs> refused to pet them. I'm like, I get it. Yeah. Anyway, I I know that's probably not, like, the grossest or the worst thing, but, like, she she's she keeps, Thomason just keeps talking about, like, bedding down the goats. Bedding down the goats. I'm like, fuck that. Yeah. No no way am I I'm warm and cozy inside the house finally after being out in the cold and the rain and now I have to go bed down the goats which are just basically goats are just always pooping all the time oh yeah all those animals are yeah it plays into a lot of the things I hate mm-hmm. not poop I'm just talking about like just the the messiness you yeah know, like poop is what it's gross but that's not the thing you know what I'm saying it's, it's not, not the poop part it's not the poop it's not that scatological for you yeah right <laughs> It's just like the sheer constant nature of uh, farm animals. The deluge of poop. Yes. I was just today texting our friend Jamie, who loves animals, about giant rabbits being friends with cats and dogs. Mm -hmm. Um, The Flemish giants. Yes. And I love that idea for everyone. But I do feel like rabbits are pooping constantly. Constantly. And I just, that is just something I straight up could not deal with. No. I mean, I feel like I have heard that you can litter box train them, but that feels Not impossible. interested. Hard pass. Yeah. What's your least, um, what is your least favorite chore of the witch? My least favorite chore of the witch, I, I <laughs> betting down goats because I don't really know what it means yeah. specifically also felt weird i i do feel like um (laughs) well it's hard to not take like first aid into account here with like bloodletting and leeches and stuff i think i'm just gonna go washing doing laundry in the brook yeah doing cold water laundry and having to carry it always and having to do it all the time you would have to do it Every single day because Mm -hmm. you do not have clothes and you need those clothes. So they're probably mostly wet. They're definitely cold. Like I I just feel like it's a it's not gonna work particularly well. It's not and then and then like what are women doing about their periods? Because then you're I mean, yeah, I guess you have rags, but then you're gonna have to reuse those. You're also gonna have to be washing out that. Yeah. Yeah. It's awful. There's no toilet paper. What's happening? What are you doing with that? Rags also? Oh, God. It's just like the more you think about it, the worse it gets. It's true. It's incredible, incredible that anyone survived. It's amazing anyone here. ever had sex. Yeah, and Even so one much. Time. And so much because your mm-hmm. babies were always vanishing into the woods. That's true. You called that out when we were watching this that you were like, they would have lost so many babies. This feels unrealistic. And then they say the line, like Williams calls calls out like, oh, we've been so blessed because yeah. we've never lost a child. Right, right. And how wonderful is that? Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about um, just so, sort of age-appropriate chores for children because that's something that's been on my mind. I think we've talked about it in terms of like an allowance or saving money and mm-hmm. some of that stuff. Um, but seeing seeing this did make me realize how little our children do to earn their keep you know well that that is like 
they don't have like their jobs yet. Like the, they they vaguely do. No, I, yes. Okay. Can can I just say, Boo mm-hmm. Boo feeds the cats. That's right. But like, if if the cats are meowing, I won't force him to do it every time. But anytime I can, I'll have Boo feed the cats. Right. The right. The kids put their clothes in the hamper, their mm-hmm. dirty clothes in the hamper. They don't make their beds because I just feel like that's silly at this age. I don't know when that will. It's also like bunk beds. I don't know. It feels. Well, yeah. One of them absolutely can't. Like Wu can't really make the top. Yeah. It's bunk. It's like, they to don't what need edge? like tight corners. <laughs> it feels yeah. all feels a little strange. I think like having your room be tidy is a good thing to do. But like at this age, it just doesn't feel necessary. Like you're right. I feel like because they don't they don't spend any time in their bedroom like when they get I don't know I don't know what, what in my mind mm-hmm. if seems like pointless because I feel like the the key right now is to like have there be a point you know if we're yeah if, no you're absolutely right so that is that is it you have you have hit the nail on the head huh. is it all child experts say that preschoolers can handle one or two simple like one or two step chores. Mm -hmm. So it can't even be something vague, like clean your room. It should be something more specific, like stack up those books, you know? Mm -hmm. So like some, those are some of the examples they give is putting your toys away, filling a pet's food dish, putting clothes in the hamper, wiping up spills. This is true. Like preschoolers, like below four, they could dust or pile books and magazines. And then at four to five, they might do that. Plus make their bed empty, empty a trash can i thought that was good like a little you know like Mm -hmm. put the bathroom trash in the kitchen trash you know you could do Mm -hmm. stuff like that you could do or like pulling weeds clearing the table like we have woo do that especially like they're both getting a little better at that but woo Mm -hmm. who is also older is much more um sure of foot i think at this point and is Mm -hmm. you know like can can get a can get stuff in there watering flowers um unloading utensils or plastic stuff from the dishwasher like Mm -hmm. so they're not handling breakable things this also said this is from webmd this list i'm reading by the way um it also says fix a bowl of cereal loving that um and then yeah like some later ones six to seven it's got all broken down i'll share this link but it's fun sweeping floors sorting laundry loading the dishwasher putting away groceries all that stuff is when you're into the kind of six to nine year thing yeah because they have to be tall enough to like do some of this stuff like yep. i i try to always do the chores of my own in front of them yes. so that they see all the work that we do like yes. i don't wait till they're in bed to like do full laundry yeah it's like yeah and then and woo will fold napkins like because we have like the cloth napkins so like he he likes doing that Um, that's a good one and matching socks is one that i picked up from this that Mm -hmm. i thought like oh that's another good one like that where that's stuff they do all the time but seeing it as as like a practical application for this thing that you're doing really just to pass like cognition tests in preschool Mm -hmm. right like matching games is just like yeah you you put the socks together here they all are totally and we will on a daily basis say we have to clean up before we move on to another thing or before we have watching time tv yes. tv watching time hinges on things being put away 
And I don't even feel a little bit bad about that because that should be how you, that should be how you, it's not even like external, um, you know, validation or mm-hmm. whatever. Like it's not, to me, it's not like, oh, you, you know, you're, you're not doing this for the sake of doing it. It's like, it's almost the same as it's, it's one step away from pairing yep. of like, when you're older, you'll you'll wash dishes and you'll listen to something, listen to music or um, a podcast or right. something. Well, you know, impair it so it's not as monotonous. Um, but be, just kind of like putting that rule for yourself of like, I have to do this before I get to relax. Is I don't know. I feel like that's I feel like that's a good thing to learn. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And that and that is also what this guidance said too. That like. Uh, in addition to being sp- specific and doing things in front of people or in front of your kids so that <laughs> you're voyeuristic. Um, shoot. <laughs> I just go out on yeah, the lawn. Yeah, you go out on the lawn, flash it around, you know, um, that, you know, you show them how to do these chores, you have them help, then you supervise, and then once they've mastered it, then they can do it by themselves. But like, it, it shouldn't yeah. be something that anyone expects to actually be helpful for a while. It also mentions going easy on reminders and deadlines and one of the experts recommends something specifically calling it the when slash then technique the example is psychotic yours is much clearer which is just like you know when you Mm -hmm. clean up your legos then you can have watching time Mm -hmm. their example is when the pets are fed then you may have your dinner (laughs) (laughs) oh my god (laughs) ah yes um but basically and then as far as allowance goes this actually says like that chores really shouldn't be part of it because most kids are kind of too young to understand like the value of a dollar. So they're not like going to be motivated by money to begin with. Right. And then there could be like, um, especially for younger kids, but that like you can almost separate those two things, like how to handle money and how to do chores, you know, that like, but then once you're older, you might have additional things where then it might be like, Hey, if you can, you know, if you can walk the dog every day, that's normally my job. But like, if you can walk the dog every day, I'll give you five bucks. Right. You know, like that right. would be, uh, there's your kind of allowance for chores thing. Right. Anyway. That makes total sense because you're not going to get paid to do all this stuff when you're older. You just have to do it because mm-hmm. like you want a tidy house and you want clean dishes and clothes. Yep. And hopefully you'll have a dishwasher someday. <laughs> But that is much different from our family in The Witch Mm -hmm. because, and I was thinking about this too with, yeah, like chores is survival for them. And it's all they had to do. It's all you do all day is your quote unquote chores, which is survival. That's right. It hinges, like everything hinges. Every single thing that you do is either for the next day or the next season or the next year and it you're it's life or death that's right or, or prosperity and uh, and uh po- it's, not, it's, not, it's not poverty it's really just survival i, I mean, do you think like, it is true like that's true poverty you know and it would be it's truly just being a have or have not at that point where, but that, which does ultimately mean your survival makes you understand like the sort of idle hands or the devil's play things. And like even just concepts of like sin that they Mm -hmm. get into a lot in this, obviously how much that has to do with 
we're all on the razor's edge here, people. So like, if that's what you sort of need to get you motivated, here it is. Like, here's another reason why we don't want you to be lazy on any day other than the Sabbath. Right. Where you will then spend all day in church. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I was just listening to (laughs) another podcast that I know I know I was just listening to it and it was Dr. Becky's podcast (sighs) good inside uh I I made note while I was watching the witch that William's podcast would be called evil inside that's right um (laughs) (laughs) um because he says they cannot tame their natural evil (laughs) um anyway the the most recent episode of good inside is with uh, the woman who's behind Busy Toddler, which is a very famous Instagram account that I'm sure a lot of listeners with young kids know about. Um, her name's Susie Allison. It was a great podcast episode, but they talk about perfectionism in this episode and and also resilience. So mm-hmm. like basically like how to build resilience and how to fight against perfectionism. Um in your child and also in your in the way that you think about your own parenting so can we talk about for a second like what perfectionism is because i do feel like that's a word that gets misused a lot when someone says like i'm a perfectionist you know is like well i mean they they kind of talk about it um in the way that like in the way that you should help kind of reframe it for your kids which is that it's a feeling Mm-hmm. And it should be named and like sat with just like any other feeling where like you have this voice inside of you that's saying it's not perfect. Just put it away. It's too hard. Like it's too hard to do. You can't do it perfect. Just stop. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's basically like the self-sabotaging of if you can't do something by some standard that you've set for yourself, right. then you get frustrated. And she talks a lot in other podcasts about like low frustration tolerance so like if if your child is a perfectionist then they have that low frustration tolerance where like they won't just kind of push through to the other side of it you know what i mean like if they're doing something challenging it's like they just get too frustrated and and it could be because of perfectionism right Um, is i mean it's also the same sort of the other side of the coin with that though right which is also like almost never stopping working on something because you think it has to be perfect, but it kind of never will be. Yeah. There's that too. You know, like I think of like, I have, I have like worked with people where it's just like, Oh, we need this for the meeting at noon, but then they're asking for like three more hours or three more days or whatever else. But because it's just like, well, it's not done, but it's like, well, is it done enough to uh, like get the concepts across and like, you know, and then it's kind of like tinkering with it and tinkering with it kind of feels like the same Mm -hmm. energy to me saying it's a feeling is good where it is just like, you know, you're either obsessing over the thing or you're, or you're stopping, stopping. Right. Yeah. You're not allowing yourself to even try. Right. So I was thinking about it in relation to this movie because the perfectionism is, yeah, with like the religious aspects of it. Like the whole, the beginning of it is Thomasine. She's like on her knees, like, I'm, I have these evil thoughts. Like, would you like to hear that? Sure. 
I confess I've lived in sin. But for an idol of my work, disobedient of my parents, neglectful of my prayer. I have, in secret, played upon thy Sabbath and broken every one of thy commandments and thought. Follow the desires of my own will, and not the Holy Spirit. I know I deserve all shame and misery in this life, and everlasting hellfire. But I beg thee, for the sake of thy son, forgive me. Show me mercy. Show me that light. Ah, oh, Anya Taylor-Joy. The Witch's Gambit is what this movie is. Yes. Um, she's so great. Yeah, so like she's a good person. She She's so good to her siblings, even though they can be terrible. Like she's... Yeah. And yet a lot of the demise of, of this movie. <laughs> and I guess, I don't know. She's, yeah. she's pretty happy at the end. But... um. You know, it's about sort of like, yeah, like falling short and falling short, you know, of of, of this right uh, of this perfect version that you're supposed to live up to. And she, all the things she just said are just totally normal. And like she she even thinks like she should she should be more ashamed. but She's not right. I know I deserve everlasting hellfire. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, a lot of extremes. But that perfectionism is they don't let perfectionism be the thief of joy or be the enemy of the good, right? Mm-hmm. But it, but it's completely different than the perfectionism that that we talk about now about how, like, you want your child to push through doing hard things and, and challenge themselves, and that's how you get through life is being resilient, you know? And mm-hmm. it's like, that's so completely absent in this movie. It's it, with tasks, right? It's like you just do them. You learn how to do them and you have to be good at them or you die. Yep. You know, it's like there's very high stakes and there's no it's not like the moms ever like you did it. Like, good job. You milked the goat. Yeah. Hooray. You know, like there's no. Can't believe you got that gate closed all by yourself. Yeah. There's no self-esteem. There's only punishment if you do it badly because you fucked the whole family. That's right. Um. And I just thought that was interesting because there is uh, perfectionism is the enemy of the good in this movie, in the whole like battle versus good and evil way. Yes. But as far as like parenting and tasks, it's like it just was interesting of how like that is completely absent and just such a modern thing that we struggle with now because the stakes i mean the stakes are still high but it's it's just a completely different approach um to child rearing <laughs> like yeah um but anyway so i was i was thinking about how in in this podcast when they're talking about you know um how to how to deal with that in your child a lot of times we you know, I've, I for one, I've said to you many times of like, I don't want them to be perfectionists. I, I 
that has been so detrimental to me in my life. Like I, I don't want, want that for them. And so like the knee jerk reaction is like when they are frustrated and, you know, woo or boo will be like writing a, a letter or a number or something. Mm-hmm. And it's not up to their own standard or whatever they're copying or whatever. Um, the, the knee jerk reaction is to be like, it doesn't have to be perfect. Right. But that's like shutting down that feeling inside of them when really it's like you want to recognize it in them. And then they give so many great tips for doing that. I don't want to like just kind of rehash their podcast, but I really feel like anybody listening to this who's interested should look at it, uh, listen to it. They're going to, you know, explain it a lot better than me. But basically to build that resilience in kids, like you, you don't just fight against perfectionism. You kind of have to acknowledge it and help them cope with that feeling just like any other feeling right um because telling somebody it doesn't have to be perfect isn't going to do anything to that voice inside you that is saying it has to be perfect yeah it'd be like responding to sadness as being like well you can't be happy all the time right exactly (laughs) yes yeah and how like kids don't need any help dealing with success like we don't ever think like Oh, you finished a puzzle like her- like we 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 give them all this like positive reinforcement for mm-hmm. complete like for the the product and not the process, but like they don't need that. They don't need anybody to tell them that they did a good job. It's apparent what yeah. you need to do is like anytime they're struggling, know that like that's where that's where like magic is about to happen. that's where like, learning is about to happen mm. um and they they Again, they they say this all so much better than me, but the deeper thing there is dealing with your own perfectionism as a parent. And it's something that came up this week. We were at dinner and like, I don't know, I just like, I got very intense with Wu, Mm -hmm. you know, about, I don't even remember now, something happened and you know, I admonished him about some, oh, maybe he was like picking his nose or something. He did something something at the table and that I was like, and I was already frustrated with Boo. So I was like, can't do that. You know, and I just Mm -hmm. like spoke to him sharply and you could tell. And usually when, if, if that happens, like they're both kids, like knee jerk reactions is to get really mad, Mm -hmm. which I'm always amazed by because that would not have flown in my house. Right. Like, yeah. But so I'm like proud of them for like asserting themselves. Yeah, yeah. Asserting themselves. And like, and I know where that comes from. Cause like they are, are seeing that I think that they've done something bad or that they are bad. And they're like mad about that. Cause they don't want me to think that. Right. Anyway. So I, I felt I was already like just stressed out and I felt bad. And the kids like left the table and I was just crying. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you were just like, you have to stop. Like, you can't, you know, you just can't be perfect. And and I'm like, and it's so hard just to be like this, you know, uh, it feels hard because it is hard kind of thing. Mm-hmm. These are all like, these are all mantras. I didn't say monstro. Um, these are all things that, you know, I try you know, you're just trying, you're just trying all the time, but just dealing with your own feelings about mm-hmm. your parenting 
in the moment and kind of taking all these lessons for yourself as well. It's it's just, yeah, it was lots of layers. I know I like went quite a ways there with this perfectionism thing, but I also really liked them talking about learning something new in front of your child and what, like having them see you fail mm. and keep going. Where, I love that, yeah. Where, and then I was also thinking about the witch and that family and how it, that needs no instruction. Like that is just like what life was. Like you would see your parents fail at so many things and you would just have to learn a better way or, you know, keep going, persist. You know, it's, it's just yeah. funny thinking about, thinking about like modern parenting and then how they were in their lives and, just interesting. Well, it is interesting that we have the, we have the, what would you say, like the kind of frivolous, the whatever, the freedom to like the luxury, the lug. Thank you. We have the luxury of being able to learn new things in our lifetimes rather than having to perfect a series of movements. You mm -hmm. know, like because I think that was it. Then, like you know, there was no free time, so. There were no hobbies. There weren't, you know, it was everything, as you said before, is like serving that purpose of survival and procreation. And so like you kind of had to accept whatever the example was that was set for you. And it really was like you kind of can't fail. Like failure is simply not an option. At some point, failure will be your death or like you'll be taken off the job kind of thing. We're right. like now we have so many possibilities of things that you could your kids will have infinite chances to watch you like try new things and and fail at them i think that is really good food for thought you know for mm -hmm. for taking on new things as an adult our kids will have plenty of chances to watch me fail at things so i'm grateful that that's good well you are very good about like taking up new hobbies yes because i'm not good at any one thing so I'm trying to find those things, you know, so. Oh, I, think, get... I feel like you do get good at all the things that you try. Oh, well, thank you so much. Yeah. Trying. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird, it is a weird thing. And, but like, and then I think instilling the entire concept of, of practice. Cause I remember that as a kid, like thinking that parents are just good at the things that they're good at. And yes. that like, these are just things that you, you do become good at. Like you either learn this stuff comes to you by nature of growing older or you have to be kind of preternaturally great at something right you know like oh you're just gifted artist so like mm -hmm. you're good at that not like through repetition and study and right. you know everything else when it's just like you know it's very rare that anybody is like truly like naturally yeah. gifted at anything yeah so, almost not at all yeah yeah exactly yeah they actually talk about that too and that podcast about how like kids just like see you doing everything all the time with ease and it's so hard for them yeah Ugh, it's just it's heartbreaking to like step into your child's shoes and the parents in this movie they have their moments of being surprisingly good and then really really awful as things as things progress but Thomasine is because she is a teenager like she also has so many parenting duties oh, and yeah. she you know 
would probably be starting her own family soon. Like they, they try to get her a job working with, for a family. with a family. Yeah. Like working. And then, you know, eventually she would hopefully be married off. Like she's mm-hmm. probably supposed to be like 13 in this movie. You know? Right. And like probably before the next time she'd ever see her parents. Yes. It takes like two days to get to town. So yes. So brutal. But it's those moments of of goodness in the parents that make their like fall from grace even that because they're not perfect but they right. you know they've they've done kinder things than you might expect in this kind of movie of, yeah. of like such a harsh life and it's much more nuanced than it almost needs to be where this yes. could have just been like a bleak yes. kind of landslide into yes. bleakness but i mean even the fact that like baby disappears like that's the story yeah, the thomasine first, like, 10 minutes yeah yeah the the story that thomasine is telling her mother is that the baby vanished like that to even be you know and then there's like the wolf that takes it or something like that they try to they try to like rationalize rationalize it but um like just the fact that that isn't met with just sheer violence is right is really amazing um and you can just tell that they like love their kids yeah it's heart-wrenching in its own way because of the kindness which i really liked so i really liked that that was like an unpredictable part of this there's just so many devastating parts of this movie um right like her like just like laying down in the grave oh (laughs) my god caleb is just like oh i mean truly so so many there are almost too many to mention i mean even this scene where they're doing washed by the river and there's a strange like intimate scene where like thomason is like stroking mm-hmm. caleb's head and they're talking about they haven't seen an apple since they left england yeah whenever that was that kind of catches him in a little lie and mm-hmm. but you know just like every aspect of that is a like, brutal it's like yeah. you're doing the your dad's laundry in the stream you have to be the mother to your brother and And two little wretched twins yeah and he's creeping on you because he's also like this pubescent boy like it's uh, the whole thing is just really just like (laughs) layers of an onion of yeah uh, i had a lot more sympathy for caleb this time around i remember really not liking him the first time i saw it but now i I, yeah maybe totally yeah, I don't know. Having kids. I, I kind of want to... Can we just jump right into rating the movie and rating the kids now? Because I think that yeah, there's... sure. A, this is yeah. our podcast. That's it's our right. rules. Yeah. Whatever we want. Exactly. Let's rate this B oh. in Apartment 23. Has anybody ever seen that show? Not me. So, let's see. I guess we'll rate the movie first. Uh, Carol, oh, okay. How many, how many leeches do you give this movie out of? Leeches? Wait, what? Oh, when they're, are they, oh, they bloodlet. And they bloodlet, so they, they cut the little hole in and his then they put a head leech. and they have leeches all over his mouth and cheeks, the little leeches. Those are the little brown, oh. kind of centimeter long little things Gross. you see all over his face. Um, cool. Okay. How many leeches do you give the witch? <laughs> Out of how many leeches? Twelve leeches. 
Ten leeches. Ten leeches. Oh. Twelve's too many. Okay. Yeah, there's no there's no way that this family can afford a dozen of anything. No, so. no, no, no. Just ten. I'm going to just, I'm just, I'm going to feel the magic of Spooktober. I'm just going to give it a 10 out of 10. It's a 10 out of 10. You are correct. Because look, I don't know what else I would really want from this movie. And I wrote a movie based in this time period. That's right. And when this movie came out, I was really excited because I was like, there's an audience for this kind of thing. And I loved that, like, they, they, paid so much attention to how things would be at the time mm-hmm. um, with everything. Like the attention to detail was crazy in this movie um, from what I read. And, you know, you can see, but just to know that like everything, de- their wardrobe and the house that they built and everything is like how it would be at the time. So I love that. And I remember really, really being so pleased with the dark nature of it and how it's like unpredictable in ways the first time i saw it and then i feel like i felt new and different things while i watched it the second time which like what more do you want from a movie agreed and the acting um is so so good and i love the folktale bits it's beautiful the sound design is wonderful like oh yeah it's not the scariest movie but that's not what we're talking about so no, but and it, it is still scary. It is. It's very tense the first yeah. time you watch it. It's Ugh. cool. It's just fucking great. So what do you think, Josh? You doing it too? Oh, yeah, I already did. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. It's a 10 out of 10. You sang it. Okay, so the kiddos. Mm-hmm. Thomasine included. She's a oh, child. Certainly. Caleb, Mercy, Jonas. Mercy. Mercy. Um, and Samuel, baby, yeah, baby, little baby, my baby. Um, our friends just had a baby named Samuel. Were you thinking about that? Not even for one second. <laughs> <laughs> I have the darkest mind. Okay, so um, I will say, out of out of eight creepy corn sculptures oh eight creepy corn sculptures hanging on a barn yes how many of those um, one for a little one then the other one darn <laughs> i don't know <laughs> out of eight how many do they give the kids yep this is also a solid eight out of eight yes the kids are so fucking good. The twins are incredible. Thomason, yeah. next level. Caleb, as we said, new appreciation. That's really why I wanted to jump to the ratings to talk about it. I have a, a clip, you know, that I'm... Oh, jeez, Louise. Uh, is Jazz he, Louise. As they're tromping through the woods and setting traps, his father's making him recite to him w- what his original sin is and being born into sin. Which naturally, as we talked about last time on the podcast and talks about death, questions will come up, you know? Kids start to connect dots, and he has this to say. Was Samuel born a sinner? Aye. Am I then... We pray he hath entered God's kingdom. What wickedness hath he done? Place faith in God, Caleb. 
We'll speak no more on that, brother. Why? He had disappeared, not one week past. Yet you and mother utter not his name. He's gone, Caleb. Tell me. Tell thee what? Is he an L? Caleb. Mother will not stop her prayer. And if I died, if I died this day... What is this? I ought evil in me heart. Me sins are not pardoned. Thou art younger yet. And if God will not hear my prayer... Caleb! Tell me! Look, you. I love thee marvellous well. But tis God alone, not man, what knows who is the son of Abraham and who is not. Who is good and who is evil. Fain would I tell thee that Sam sleeps in Jesus. That thou wilt, that I will. But I cannot tell thee that. None can. Had to let that play out. William's voice is... Oh, so good. It is the taste of butter. <laughs> He's the Green Knight. That's right. Yeah, and um, uh, Catherine is also in the Green Knight. She plays the queen. Right. Um, She was so good in that. Hey, she is she's so good so good i mean nostrils for days she is amazing <laughs> she really is everyone everyone in this movie is so good for such a small cast I yes mean, it has to be i guess just yes. no there's just no weak links yeah the, the the twins are big old creepos i love how i love their whole thing when they're the greatest mystery in this movie to me because i i took their um when Caleb is possessed mm-hmm. and they are matching his energy, yeah, that they are having that um like what's been a pretty like famously documented um instance of basically I forget what you call it though it's like sort of group think where all of a sudden everyone it's like it's mm-hmm. called like group madness or something right where all of a it's sudden like mass hysteria mass yeah. yeah the common phrase mass hysteria so like what it right like yeah. that meaning of like you know people just sort of like match energy matching basically mm-hmm. and just also doing the same thing even though it seems otherworldly like what's happening to them and everything mm-hmm. um well I thought it seemed just straight up like conniving and right like, yeah. Well, that's it. Is it that? Is it, it could, those two things are completely different. And mm-hmm. certainly, if it's actually evil, like if they are actually agents of Black Philip, who's the, the devil, right? Like, or if they're just kids playing, right. right? All those things are possible. And so to me, yeah, they are watching it this time. I was really like fascinated by them in so many ways and mm-hmm. sort of the way the kind of forces connect in this, in this. Mm-hmm. In this movie. Yeah, like they they are they push the movie forward with the way that they yeah, they like accuse Thomasine and and they're you know, just how annoying they are, um and unrelenting mm-hmm. in the way that small children are. Yes. Um but yeah, you see it through the lens of like, yeah, like are they evil? Are they manipulating her are they truly scared are they yeah just having some sort of uncontrollable reaction but there's there's a lot of ways to read them but do you i mean what happens to them at the end uh i don't really remember i didn't i i was like 
did I miss something? So I looked it up. They're just gone. Cool. Yeah, they're just gone. Because they were all in the barn together. And then she's mm-hmm. the only one we see walk out. Yeah. Because I was like, do you see, like, do, did the did the goat, did the witch attack them? Did the goat attack them? You know, like, I was like, did right. I miss some flash of, like, bloody little bodies? You know, like. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um. So, yeah, they, I love that. I they're, love that they are just missing. That's so cool. That's extra cool. It's really awesome. I love Caleb confronting or like meeting the witch in the woods mm. and all that stuff. It's like every and his possession scene is also really strong. Yeah. Um like when he dies? Yeah. Oh yeah. That is I thought that I forgot that you you know had that clip lined up because the possession one is so intense. I'm glad you didn't play it cuz it really needs to be built up too. Yeah. But um man, whoo, it's a doozy. Indeed. That that scene is what gives the kids an eight out of eight. Yes, that whole scene, because they're all in it and they're all like doing the work. Oh, yeah. Different ways. Yeah. But Caleb especially, like I don't even, I don't know how you get that performance out of a kid. Like he's no. so young. Like I, I, he looks like he's maybe eight. That's what I was thinking, eight or nine. It's crazy. That... I mean, even if he's 13, it's still just like insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah. um, yeah, like I, I, I feel like Thomasine is, you know, she's great but it's not like it's not a mind-blowing performance um but but Mm -hmm. caleb is for sure and for how young mercy and jonas are like they nail that oh yeah 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 so i have to ask we haven't done one of these in a while but i feel like in the spirit of spooktoberfest can we get a sequel pitch for this is there anything that you have chambered (laughs) you'd want to share well i think it would be really cool to do another movie in this um like the wheelhouse of because it says like a new england folktale you know so like have it be another story Mm. and um if it involved mercy and jonas i think that that would be really cool because they're missing and like to kind of see like where where they have gone right you know um yeah that i think that would be my my sequel pitch is like kind of another tale but maybe it's them and they're older or maybe you know Mm -hmm. i don't know how about you any any ideas um i keep for some reason the thing that i kept thinking about was sort of related unrelated sequels in in horror Mm, kind of i wouldn't quite put it to the level of like a troll 2 situation or anything (laughs) like that but but in that way where it almost goes so far from it that it would so similar to what you're saying where like maybe it's something the is is almost not connected to this it is just like another witch story essentially Mm -hmm. like if it was the witch 2 i would just want to see more witches doing witch stuff. I think that would just be real, really be it. I don't think mm-hmm. I would have it connect narratively mm-hmm. to this at all. Or maybe there would be some little, you know, Easter egg things connecting it. But I think otherwise I would just make it mm-hmm. even more witch centric. And that would be, that would be that. Yeah. I mean, it reminds me of how much we loved the wretched. Yes. Another just witch movie. Truly. So good. Oh, 
Good times. Well, I have some some scary good stuff. Oh, Jack. let's hear it. Um, What's that like to live deliciously? Ah, uh, Black Phillip. What an absolute legend. <laughs> oh, we really we really latched on like a bloody teat. Oh god, that was horrible. Wow, yeah, your least favorite thing oh. I've forgotten about. Yeah. They milk the goat and it's just blood. Yikes. Oh no, I was thinking of the crow. Ooh, that too. Lots of bloody bloody teats all bloody over this movie. I don't, like, don't even like it. Um we really latched on to Black Phillip. So good. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I used to have the sticker on my hydro flask water yes. bottle for yes. many years. I got you a sticker. Um, I actually feel like maybe once the kids are done with, like, family costumes, mm-hmm. we could do a Thomasine and Black Phillip costume. Just bringing it back. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Sure. Let's do it. Um, be a goat, or they could be, a, like, the two kids together they could they could be the twins <laughs> i just don't think that we're gonna get that could convince them i think that time has passed yeah <laughs> we just show them the witch and then they'll, yeah, be, yeah. they'll be into it they'll be super into it they'll love it yeah um, show your kids cool shit or yeah they one of them could be fowler the dog the other one could be that little jackrabbit cute. Um, cutie patootie <laughs> super cutie patootie oh my god so Black Phillip, yes. Um, okay, so scary good stuff. Real quick, want to talk to you about besides the the Good Inside um, episode that I mentioned at length. I have two other podcast related scary good stuff. I'm Let's plugging hear them. just plugging other plug people. other podcasts. Why not? Yes. Maybe they'll do the same for us. Yes. Um, the first one is a podcast I have been binging. Um, which is um, Films to be Buried With with Brett Goldstein. You may know him as Roy Kent on Ted Lasso. Uh, he hosts a podcast and has for a long, long ass time um, about films and uh, sort of interviews lots of writers and actors and um, directors. I really like the episode with Barry Jenkins and uh, I really like the episode with Ruben Fleischer, friend of ours. Shout out. Yes, that one was great. Um, but anyway, if you love film and you love talking about film and maybe learning some new stuff, it's a really great podcast. Um, and then the other thing I, I just learned today, which is so exciting. So I have talked a lot, um, usually in Spooktober, about the podcast spooked right so spooked is in its sixth season glenn washington um who's also the host of snap judgment he's incredible and this podcast is incredible because it's all real stories from real people about their encounters with ghosts and otherworldly things and scary ass shit um i have been so scared listening to some of these podcast uh some of these episodes um but anyway, like two seasons ago, they moved it to Luminary, which is behind a paywall. And I, th- I think it's totally worth it. But if you live in Southern California or have uh, like the KPCC app for NPR, 
um, one of our stations here, it's KPCC, and on Friday, no, on Saturday and Sunday night from six to midnight, they're doing a spooked marathon. Whoa. And I feel like if you really want to creep yourself out, I'm sure they're doing like the best of the best. Um, wow. So yeah, and that means on any smart speaker, streaming device, whatever, you could just say play KPCC and they will do that. Yeah, it's I think it's on that. TuneIn. Sweet. So um, you should really check that out. It's so, so creepy. Um, there's an episode from this season called Dodd about this kid who has like an imaginary friend named mm. Dodd. He, hello, Dodd. Hello, Dodd. And uh, it's this, it's basically the... It doesn't look like a child. It looks like basically like a translucent like gummy worm. Wow. Like a bear, but with like featureless, a featureless bear. So and it gave me gummy bear. Gave me chills. It gave me chills for days. It's so good. Hmm. Um, and they're just normal people. I love it when it's just like some guy, some like old man that like used to be in the army and he's just talking about crazy shit. Like it yeah. just, I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. it so much. Um, so check that out and and creep yourself out a bit. Hmm. Or you know, the other thing you do is don't be a creep. Get in touch. You can email us at mummyxdeddy at gmail.com. We are on Twitter and Facebook at mummyxdeddy. We are on Instagram at mummyxdeddypod. Uh, you can also visit us on the internet for show notes and more at mummyxdeddy.com. If you like what you hear, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And please tell a friend. Our theme music is by Kyle Andrews. Our logo was designed by Dara Weinberg. Maggie Spaulding is machine washable. <laughs> Bye. Bye. That's it. Till tomorrow. Good night. You princes of Maine, you kings of New England.